0: His mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung.
1: Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Thank you for joining us on this journey and this Adventure in this war called life—the life we're we're living these days—and as I sometimes do, I'm going to read you some news articles, some head headlines that have just come out the last few weeks. And the first one is from News Channel 8 in Tampa, Florida. Florida deacon gets 22 years in prison for making child porn at church. That's WFLA and. Florida Florida man who served as a church deacon will be spending 22 years behind bars after he was sentenced Tuesday for producing child porn in a church bathroom. And uh, that just blows my mind when I read that. Um, But um, sexual sin is prevalent in and outside of the church. And of course, our focus here is the people who are inside of the church. And So the next one, former Denison youth leader given a maximum sentence for child porn production. This is KXII in Texas. Friday morning at the Sherman Federal Courthouse, former Denison youth leader and chiropractor, I won't mention his name, was sentenced to 720 months in federal prison. District Judge Amos Mazant gave him a total of 60 years for sexually exploiting children and producing child porn stacking two 30-year sentences on three charges both this man and his co-conspirator a former pastor were arrested in august of 2020 by department of homeland security agents so this is a trail of more destroyed lives in sexual abuse in child pornography and sex trafficking in church in men in leadership positions. Bedford County, Pennsylvania. State police in Bedford say an Osterberg man is facing child porn-related charges after he allegedly showed nude photos of a teenage girl to a fellow churchgoer. And authorities say in December, troopers received an anonymous complaint complaining that 19 year old, and I won't say his name, had allegedly sexually abused multiple females, including a 15 year old juvenile. My friends, sexual abuse is still thriving. Sexual sin is still blowing up in the church, almost unhindered and unstopped and unmentioned in, in many circles and churches. And then police say, why the guy. Reportedly shared the explicit images with the complaint while well, the two were intending a church service. I, I just, I mean, it's, I wasn't boiled with pornography, you know, years ago, but to be doing that in church, that, that's just a diff, different level of bondage. And all of this res, represents, res, not restored, destroyed lives from the people who are committing these crimes and the people who they are perpetrating against. And this is another headline which made me want to puke. I mean, this, these are all within the last couple of weeks. Watching porn is good for your relationship, says experts. This came out of the East Coast Daily around two weeks ago. So while pornography and sexual abuse and all the things that are linked together are destroying lives, the world is saying, hey, no big deal. This is a really good thing for people. That's how deluded and evil this whole thing has gotten And at the same time, some of you may remember Ron Jeremy, the ex-porn actor. He was just committed to a mental institution. So making that stuff destroyed his life and literally sent him insane. And watching pornography, as I know from experience, that will mess up your sanity big time too because it's hard to say I'm a Christian and then go to church and – participate and then go home and then monday night you're sitting there binging on porn and masturbating and this is it's a sexual epidemic of sin in the church all the way through at every leadership position so today i welcome back tasha campbell to the show she shared her story being sexually molested several weeks ago and so I invited her to come back and Tasha welcome back to the program
2: thank you for having me back
1: and so when I read these things what goes across your mind being as someone who has survived being molested
2: uh well it's just just like what you've been saying Mike about the how rampant the sin is in it's not just outside of the church it's within the church and um Honestly, it's as one who has been abused, um, I I don't hear it from that perspective necessarily. It's just my heart breaks that um we are like that last headline you said, we are condoning, we're saying yes, that this is all okay when it's really not, and it's um it's making us be further and further from Christ and Christ likeness.
0: Mm.
1: The um Houston Chronicle newspaper down in Houston did an expose in the Southern Baptist, I think it was 2000, I remember, 18 or 19, where they found out 700 men and women, mainly women, had been molested in the Baptist churches, and it was uncovered, and it's been blowing up since then. And yeah. what is your comment on that?
2: Uh, I mean, you again, Mike, I, I'm just getting to know some of the work um, and outreach that you're doing, but you have seen... And, and you're showing that um numbers within the church are no different than numbers outside of the church. And um you know that it's it it just breaks my heart. As one, it took years to be able to uh come to terms with my abuse as one um and to come to terms with it first inside and then to be able to share it with other people. Um, you know, all those people in the Baptist um convention there that um You know, I just it how many years of of pain were those victims suffering before they were able to um, actually come together and and speak out about that. And so um, just it takes a lot of courage and um, then to to just move through and heal and bring light to what's going on.
1: Have you heard these topics discussed very often at your own church that you attend?
2: Not, I would say not on a Sunday morning, but um, I am thankful for the congregation where I worship um, and we have real conversations. So I would say at a small group level, um, at home groups and such like that, that uh, these kinds of conversations, at least uh, talking about it, bringing this kind of sin to light walking, men walking with men, um, women walking with women, um, to to go into healing and to break that bondage. Um, I would say, thankfully, that I do get to participate in that, um, like I said, on a small group level, more so than at a, a big congregational level.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's go back to your story a little bit. Yeah. You talked about um, shame and suicidal thoughts. Let's talk about suicidal thoughts. What, what was going through your mind and how long did that last and how did you deal with it?
2: Well, I cannot, I, uh, on this side of things, I can't directly connect suicidal thoughts from my abuse um, to my abuse. Uh, for me, it was, um, I think that the abuse just started uh, a, a depression um, trend in my life um, that I couldn't see, but that started to come out after I had um, hit adulthood. Um, Like I had shared with you, I was abused around the age of 11 or 12, um, had blocked that, um, went and lived abroad, came back to the U.S. and was quite alone that a lot of my friends had moved on. I was transitioning into um, from high school to college, just trying to figure out what was going on. Um, and so just that loneliness aspect, um, that's where the depression really hit home. Uh, and I would say, really, I started to experience it on a higher level. And that's where those suicidal thoughts came through. Um, you know, one time I remember, I very clearly remember being home and just um, doing some some housework, But it was with a knife. I was cleaning, doing clean up, um, and thinking, wow, what if I could just, just end things tonight? Um, that was scary. And it was scary enough that I started to make some changes, just that, um, those, the thoughts and the consciousness of what am I thinking? Um, and just crying out to God for some help, for some connections. But, uh, I've, I've been pretty low and trying to look up from the bottom of the pit from the bottom of the well. It, it's, it's a long way to the top.
1: And where do you see spiritual warfare in what you're going through?
2: Oh, you know Satan loves to get us alone, and he loves to isolate um, and I see just how um, how much Satan can um, speak into what we're we're already battling um, when we don't have community around us and um so just that that war that satan was trying to win me from christ um but uh you know i just thank god that i could i could cry out in that moment not everybody gets to that point and um and that is really sad when we are not able to just cry out and say god help me um and I just think, for myself, in my story, if Satan had won, and if and that battle continues today, if Satan were to win, that my story would not be able to be going out and being shared with others mm-hmm. um, and hopefully giving that message of christ is there he's he's with you with, in the pit, and um he can he can bring you through some hard healing. Mm-hmm.
1: You said the battle continues today. What does what does that mean? Just general warfare, or things regarding, yeah, being abused, or?
2: Um, I would say you know just how uh, COVID. We've all talked about COVID. It's been our conversation for years. But again, that is so clear to me about how um, we were all isolated and we were um, tucked away in our homes in our little COVID bubbles. <laughs> Um, but how much easier it is for for Satan during that time to to have headlines like what you had read at the start of the today's show um that he's he's picking people off and um and for myself that that's true of you know I just need to be conscious of staying in community um and staying uh staying connected with others of continuing to look to christ for for direction um <clears throat> and then you know uh just a spiritual warfare uh, something i've shared with you um i think we're going to get to today is uh my dad has recently um been convicted of a felony um having to do with uh uh child uh pornography and accosting a child for immoral purposes and that is his story but at the same time that is a warfare against what, um, what God is trying to do in my life. And so, um, yeah, it continues today.
1: So how did, what happened with your dad? How has that affected you?
2: Yeah, well, so this is still really recent. Um, my father was arrested at the end of July of last year. So in 2022, um, and so we journeyed all fall of him going to trial and um, what was that going to look like? Um, I guess he didn't go to trial. He was before judge uh, dealing with the prosecutor. Um, uh, he was offered a plea deal, um, dropping it from three felonies down to one where he would be guilty. So, um, and instead of 33 years in prison, uh, he was offered six to nine months in jail. Uh, so, huge, um, huge things that were working on his behalf. Um, And praise God uh, for the miracle that the judge saw how my dad was already turning his life around. Um, Can't believe the outcome that actually my dad only spent one week in jail. Um, And that was split into two different times. So we just praise him. I am thankful that my dad is looking to to Jesus for healing right now. He was a believer. I would say he had been. Uh, He was in the church but had just lost sight of his relationship with Christ. And so he's looking to healing. But that's his story. How does that affect me is your question. Um, You know, I have had a lot of questions. Um, As one who was sexually abused um, at the hands of more or less of my mother uh, when I was 11 and 12 um, to now having a father who was uh, involved with pornography and um, meeting up with strangers for sex. I can't help but ask the question I think that all kids ask, what did I do wrong? But that is Satan's question. Um, and so whenever I hear that question in my head, I have to rebuke him and tell him, no, I didn't do anything wrong, that I am a child of God and I am loved and um, that I, um, you know, God put me on this earth for I might be affected by sin, but it's not my fault. Um, I've had a lot of questions of um, of confusion and why Why would my dad, who I thought was this really great man, and I'm not saying he's not a great man, but um, we have a really good relationship, but why would my dad get involved with something like this? Doesn't he know better? Um, so a lot of confusion, a lot of doubt of who is my father um, it, it, as far as his character, um, a lot of anger, uh, anger to my dad. Why would he get involved with this? Anger towards God. Why would? Why would God let this happen in my life? Um, after what's already been going on um and so there's just been a lot of a lot of wrestling, a lot of um just leaning into who I am in Christ into my identity um as a child of god um as well as while I'm also walking with my dad through now on the other side of as he's trying to right now he's trying to get a job, and that's pretty hard when you have a felony background, mm, yeah so
1: that's right. We normally, when a guy is that deep, um, they've had a lifelong problem with porn. Did that come out?
2: Yeah, he had shared with me that he, um, something I never knew, um, he had first been uh, introduced to pornography as a teenager, um, as like a young teenager. Um, I don't know the extent that he struggled uh, as an adult um, up until recently. Uh, But I do know that there have been little things that have caught my attention um, off and on that I've just blown past uh, because I had no context for it. Like um, uh, a slip of the tongue of um, pointing out different places uh, around town that um, I I actually haven't ever been in one. uh, So I don't know. Um, But uh, of mentioning like – places where you can go in and buy sex toys and in those kinds of stores. Um, And so just kind of talking about stuff, but I haven't thought, I never thought about it in the moment. Um, And and it wasn't, like I said, it was just a a passing comment. And so I would just blow it off because it wasn't uh, anything really pertinent to, to our relationship, to what was going on. But now um, on this side of things, I can put all those pieces together and say, yeah, there was something going on um and my dad has shared that he has he has tried over the years to um to have accountability partners um to do the apps on the phone or on um he hasn't really ever had a computer but um that those just never worked um the accountability partners would fall through they weren't they weren't faithful um which I think that's a whole nother discussion about being if you say yes to being an accountability person mm-hmm. for someone um what does that really mean but um so he's shared some of these things with me now in in these months since and um i see that he has he has had a struggle um and it just kind of came to came to a head uh back in july mm-hmm.
1: i like what you said about when the enemy comes and accuses you for your father's sin I remember when I got molested, I would – there were quite a few days and my parents eventually divorced that I was taking it on me like that was my fault. Mm -hmm. And that's really a critical point you brought up and that people need to understand that especially people who have been molested know another person's choice to sin is not your fault. And and to realize that – and I love what you did is you realized this was warfare. This is not me. This is not something I want. how you dealt with it
2: yeah it's like I said you know those thoughts still come into my head uh, from the abuse that's been uh, 25 30 years Um, now from my dad's actions that's just been six to eight months but these these thoughts these they still come into my brain Um, so just because your years decades past, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that the warfare stops. And for some people, it may. Um, I know that's just my story. But um, having come to the point of recognizing that it is warfare, that it's not true, and stepping into truth um, and rebuking Satan, um, that, that is very important for me and what I would tell others as well.
1: So when your dad's story came out or what he's when he got caught, did that shall we say, rep salt in old wounds?
2: Uh that's a, I would say that's a, maybe a not yet question. <laughs> um, just because for, in many ways, um, it's been a survival, we've been in survival mode of, okay, uh, because my dad isn't married, I'm the only child, my parents, um, you know, they had divorced years and years ago. Um, so I've been, I've been taking care of, Uh, finances for my father. I've been um, trying to make sure things are going okay with the house, with the car, um, uh, helping him get through this time until he can get a job again. Um, When we were planning that he would be in jail for for months at a time, uh, figuring out what to do with, he had a dog, with the the property, you know, all of these things. And so we're just coming off of all of that. Um, so in many ways it's just been survival mode. Um, but, uh, there have been times that I have just wondered, like I said, you say rubbing salt in wounds. It's just, wow, what did I do that? Again, it comes back to me of, of Satan trying to put that on me. What did I do that? I have parents, one that sexually abused me and the other who has this massive sexual sin. What? how did i how did i get this uh, end of the stick and um so i i think uh for me it might not have rubbed salt in wounds um it for in my story because of the healing that god has brought to my life with my abuse um but it definitely has been i have been left of you know open hands of looking at what what my parents choices have been and thinking, wow, thank you, God, for saving me um, and just offering that back to him of how can I be using it for uh, for kingdom growth um, and healing.
1: We're doing it right now by sharing all this on the radio. Some of it kind of off the cuff here.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, and uh, this is my first uh, first time really talking publicly uh, about what's been going on with my dad. I've definitely shared with my close community of friends Um but it's when i was when you and invited me mike to to come up here to phoenix um i there is a part of me that says what are you doing but um but i i have wanted to like i said i've wanted to um have my life be for what god would have it be um use it for his purposes and so i just i wanted to take your invitation and come here and share what's been going on and share how the struggle is real. Um, the healing takes time, but it can happen. Um, and stuff happens uh, along the way that then you have to revisit some past uh, past hurts, um, revisit some past warfare. Um, like we've said, uh, some past uh, questions that Satan just throws at me, and resit myself, resituate myself into my identity in Christ. Um That I think is going to be continual throughout the rest of my life, probably, mm.
1: and the enemy doesn't play fair. he doesn't wait till you know he doesn't hit us when we're strong, he hits us when we're torn up in the spiritual hospital, and then he comes in to try and yes, finish the job
2: yes, that's so true
1: <laughs> so thirty seconds, anything you want to say
2: Don't do it alone. When when stuff is coming at you, definitely go and share that with your community. Um, I am beyond thankful for for my Christian brothers and sisters that I do have in the Tucson area that I have been able to go to to cry to to vent my frustrations to, um, and they have and then in turn pointed me back towards God. Um, and so, don't don't try and do it alone.
1: Amen. Well, thank you for joining us Tasha. I love your transparency and your honesty and my friends, we'll talk to you next time.
0: Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org, email us at email at blazinggrace.org, or call the office at 719-888-5144.